You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Monday morning at the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen. How are you doing this morning? I'm just here to remind you that your dramatic pauses are not dramatic. <laughs> How are we doing? I'm doing all right. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, oh, well, that pause there, obviously not. So, I thought it was going to be a great weekend, a great sports weekend. Yeah. And then... You were putting all your eggs in the NBA basket, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I told my wife, I said, listen, let's, let's, let's wake up and go see Deadpool 2 Saturday morning. All right, we'll go watch a movie. Quick movie review, how was it? I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first, but I still liked it. It's still funny. Um, we'll go see that. We'll go out to eat. And then the rest of the day, you know, I had to do some LSU softball stuff. But other than that, I'm watching sports. And it was so miserable both nights, Saturday and Sunday night. I'm sitting there going, I'm going to get a great NBA game, NBA playoffs. I'm going to center my whole weekend around it. And I barely watched any of the second half of both games because yeah. there were blowouts. Yeah. And that's been the theme, this conference finals. And mm-hmm. and what will we have in the finals? <laughs> Probably the same. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the same. Because most people look at this and go, well, if anybody has a chance to at least somewhat compete with the Warriors, it's the Rockets, right? Well, that's not going so well. They, they exploded in game two, but then they reverted back to their same old ways in game three, and plus Steph finally went off. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, The one thing that stood out in that whole little speech you gave right there, I had some LSU softball stuff to do. (laughs) Those are words that will never come out of my mouth. (laughs) Dude, it's not bad. Listen, honestly, softball is is not bad at all to, to like, I say cover. It's not actually covering. It's watching it on TV and writing about it, right? But that's what I do for Danny Don, and – that's one of my favorite things to do because their games are so quick. Mm-hmm. And you get high-level softball. So you were excited they had to play two games. I was that? not excited they had to play two games yesterday, no. <laughs> and there was controversy. There was controversy, yes. If you want to get the LSU breakdown, you can hit up Jake Martin at 888-993-7762. He is our college softball expert. That's right. <laughs> he covers it on the Internet. Yes, I do. Cover it on the Internet. I blog about it. <laughs> True story. Uh, Plenty to discuss. Other major headlines from this weekend. Where do you want to start, Jake, besides the NBA playoffs? Of course, we will dive deep into those uh, two series and what it means now that, of course, uh, the Warriors embarrassed the Rockets by winning by 41. And then, of course, the Celtics playing, quote, soft versus the Cavaliers. And now perhaps we have a series or just extended at least one more game. Yeah, I think we need to go with some college baseball. Okay. Uh, my prediction did not go did well. Not. Uh, I I said Friday that I thought that the streak would end, mm-hmm. ULL streak over ULM. I was pretty confident in it, and it did not happen. It happens, I guess. But uh, so ULM season comes to an end, mm-hmm. and if we were to reflect on ULM season, I think we can find a lot of positives. And we will have a chance to do that with uh, Coach Federico join us for his final visit uh, of this year coming up on Wednesday. 
Yeah. Yeah, a lot of positives. The fact that you know you go, you win twenty three games this year. Last year, what you uh, twelve or twelve? Was it? Yeah, twelve. Yeah, the worst in uh, the program's history, and of course uh, now an opportunity. And then ten of those wins came in conference play, also, and they were competitive in a number of games. Yeah, including the Thursday night game against ULL, which they dropped in extra innings, mm-hmm. so they almost broke the streak. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, lots of positives, but you got to take baby steps. This is first year under Federico. Yeah, they had an opportunity, of course, to fight their way into the postseason tournament. We talked about how big that would be for this program, and ultimately they could not get it done, and the streak does continue. Now, what, at 25 games against the Cajuns back, game back to 2012. Wow. Yeah. That is the rough news from the weekend. You also look the fact that uh, Grambling, they had a chance. Coach Cooper leads them into the finals of the SWAC tournament. They were trying to get to a regional for the first time since 2010, and then it got a little ugly in the championship game versus Texas Southern. The G-Men end up losing 18-3 to in that title game. They give up nine runs in the third inning. Yeah, uh, this was the fifth game of the tournament for Grambling, so I think it's one of those cases where they just simply ran out of arms. But uh, another solid season for Grambling, I mean, to get to, this, to the title game, that's – that's something to uh, hang your hat on. And then, of course, uh, the story with Louisiana Tech. They do it in dramatic fashion. They bring out the brooms, but their first walk-off of the season, uh, and they walk out of J.C. Lowe Field with the sweep. And the bigger news, of course, 21 conference wins for this team. That is a program first. Yeah, uh, Dalton Skelton with the walk-off uh, in that third game. And uh, David Leal, uh, I saw he got pitcher of the week, which is which is great as well. But now you look ahead, and uh, you look at the RPI, and Tech has fallen now to 58. They dropped 10 spots after this sweep. So if you're a Louisiana Tech fan, you got to be holding your hands up going, what's the deal? What gives? Why did they drop 10 spots after sweeping? Old Dominion. Yeah. So yeah. that's um, – you know, now you, if you're a Tech fan, you, you really got to look at this conference tournament and go, Tech has to win it. Tech has to win it. They have to go there and 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 win this tournament in order to to reach the postseason. Ben Carlisle joins from Bleed Tech Blue in the next segment. As Jake said, they are now 58th in uh, the Warren Nolan RPI, dropping 10 spots by winning three games. On the flip side, the team like the Cajuns are now 54th after their sweep against the Warhawks. They actually moved up three spots. And LSU, they lose a series versus Auburn. And they pick up six spots in the RPI. They're coming in at 44th. Yeah, um, they got that one win against Auburn, which was a big win, by the way, with Mikael Hilliard out, out dueling Casey Mize. Uh, but the, the other two games were, were very ugly uh, against Auburn. But uh, if along with that news, you look at LSU, you find out that Palmineri breaks the news that Josh Smith is out for the rest of the year, which shouldn't come as a surprise because he's barely played this year. But now you you know you have to go forward without him. Um, and not only that, but you look at LSU at 44, I I don't know how many games they have to win in the tournament, but you would think they have to win at least one, right? And who are they matched up against? They're matched up against a, a Mississippi State team who just had the most impressive weekend anybody has had in college baseball this year. They just swept Florida. So – that's that's a tough task, and they actually 
uh, we'll go at it tomorrow. Mm. So we'll we'll find out real quick how, how LSU's doing and, and what they look like in the RPI. Don't you think they're in no matter what? I, I kind of do. I mean, I didn't expect them to jump up six spots. At 44, you kind of think that they're safe. They win one game and they're Right, but that's what I'm saying. You know, that one game has to come against Mississippi State, who is hot, mm. really hot right now. Mm. The big news, of course, from LSU, and it uh, broke on Friday, and I thought Twitter, at least LSU fans, were going to go nuts. The fact that uh, Joe Burrow did make it official, he is leaving Ohio State, and he has found a new home in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and listen, I, I think this is good news if you're an LSU fan, but I don't think you need to go overboard with this. Because we need to actually see him on the field. We need to see what he can actually bring to the table. Now, if you want to talk positives, former uh, Mr. Football in Ohio, um, he looked really good in the spring game. He was 15 of 22 for 247 yards. But if he yards. looks so good, why doesn't he wait around and then try to compete for the starting job I, at Ohio State? I don't know. You have to ask him that. Yeah, you, know, you have to ask him that. But um, I don't know. It, it, there, there could be numerous reasons. We know – kids are not afraid to transfer anymore yeah. i mean that's we've talked about that several times on here but if you're looking at it from an lsu point of view i think you know it, it just gives you one more guy that could possibly emerge as the starter and possibly give you that quarterback play that fans have desperately been wanting can we set the over and under when news comes down of one of the three other now transferring out and who will it be <laughs> what's what you going to set it up uh, well, I would say Justin McMillan, but I don't think he graduates till July. So once he's graduated, then he can move on. Uh, he'll have actually two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, so I would set it – I put it at, at two weeks. Two weeks. Because I think Loyal Narcisse at some point is going to be like, I need to pack my bag. Yeah, I, I think they'll stay put for the season. Whoa. Wow. I think it'll come after the season. Hmm. But of course, that is a because the ultimate think, LSU homer over here. No, you got It's all going to be rosy in this quarterback room. No, no, I don't. I'm just saying you got to think because nobody really had the starting job. You got to think all three believe they can play. And they're thinking they're bringing in some cat. How's he going to know the system? And how's they, he going to be able to jump in and, t and steal this job away from us? They bring him in, and let's say he struggles through the first half of the season. Wouldn't all three be like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm about to get my chance, right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, just because there was no clear-cut order in this in this depth chart. And Ed Orgeron is whispering sweet nothings in each of their ears. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we'll go through uh, Joe Burrow's uh, resume here a little bit later in the show. Other news, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, do we make anything of Johnny Manziel back to actually playing football? Yeah, we do. Oh, you're all in. We're excited. You're going to be watching Canadian football. I right? will for Johnny. Yeah, yeah I'll tune in. <laughs> Uh, look, he needed to actually get out there and play. Okay, uh, that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. He needs to go out there and and, and play. I don't care if it's the CFL. He needs to actually put something on tape and and show if he actually wants to make this comeback and get back to the NFL. You gotta you gotta take it one step at a time. Now, you look at it, and I forgot the team that he went to, but guess who else is on there? He went to uh, Hamilton. Tiger, Tiger There you go. Big yeah. CFL fan June over here. June Jones is their head coach. Okay. Offensive guru. You know who the quarterback is there already? No clue. Jeremiah Masoli. Mm. So he has to beat out Masoli. So you got Masoli and Manziel. So now we're doing depth charts in the CFL? Well, I mean, people know Masoli, 
but I'm just saying, like, that's that's funny that uh, Masoli and Manziel are on the same CFL team. Who would have ever predicted that? Mm. Uh, some sad news over the weekend. Uh, LSU legend Billy Cannon passes away. Yeah, uh, very sad. You know, this guy, I would say the most decorated player in LSU history simply because he's the only player that's ever won the Heisman. Yeah. And, of course, everyone knows him for that Halloween run, that run against Ole Miss. Uh, so, yeah, this was a, a big blow for, for LSU. And I thought they – you know, honored him well yesterday. Just I saw several little mm-hmm. tributes. I saw you know them just simple things like them changing their um, their their graphic on all their social media to just twenty. I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, and I think I think this is what they were going for. They didn't explain it well, but I think they were just playing the Halloween run on loop in Tiger yeah. Stadium yesterday, which is yeah. really really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I thought they did a good job honoring. More on the passing of Billy Cannon, and of course, some of uh, his memories or the legend of Billy Cannon coming up later in the show. And I also want to get involved in the. Uh, we still have a triple crown threat. Is justified. Gets it done in horrible conditions. And I tried to get Jake all involved. I was hitting him, up, hitting him up numerous times on Saturday. It didn't work too. I well. tuned in. Yes. I was like, "That's it." No, <laughs> <laughs> like. It's just not for me, man. What did I tell you? I said, it's like uh, if if you're watching the race, you don't have money on it. It's yeah. like going to a college party and being the only sober one there, Ooh. right? Wow. You're kind of looking around, going, "Why is everybody else having so fun? So much fun? <laughs> what is this about?" Uh, we'll, we'll break down the race for you uh, later on, and also uh, more on uh, gambling, sports gambling. How I was all in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, real quick. You texted me. You said, "Man, this might be bad." Yeah. You're like, "If I'm betting this much on horse racing, yeah. what am I gonna do?" When I actually think I know something <laughs> in football. <laughs> oh, I hope your wife. The access listening. is too easy. Too easy. She takes a little nap yesterday, and then I was like, "I wonder if I have that <laughs> horse racing channel." And I find it on Direct TV, and I said, "This could be really yeah. bad." So we've since changed our view on sports. <laughs> <laughs> We're now against it. I gambled on a horse that was 10 years old and actually won yesterday. <laughs> I was fired up. 45 to 1 long shot. Yeah. And actually won. That's that's yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly. She wakes up says, why are you in such a good mood? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue will join us next. We'll talk some Louisiana Tech baseball. Of course, a huge series now. We look forward to this postseason conference tournament for the Dogs. Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, will join us for his weekly visit at 8.30. Besides that, pretty much wide open. Whatever you want to talk about at 888-993-7762. Let's get through a number of these texts real quick, Jake, before we go to break. All right. Quint says, he's back. If Houston thought the Warriors were tough, wait until Steph shimmies his way to another championship. I like that word. Man, I love watching Steph shimmy. I'm not going to lie. When he's feeling it and knocking down those threes, that's one of the most enjoyable things to watch in sports. How about his uh, foul language, though? He got a little carried away. <laughs> yeah, and his, his mom. mom uh, scolds him, and rightfully so, and he agreed. says you need to wash your mouth out. Yeah, but uh, he said something to the, to the effect of this is my blank in house, which he's right. <laughs> which is, part? His house, is, and he is needs to house. clean up his language. Both, both, both. Uh, Cookie says, RPI should be changed, uh, which means – 
I don't know what that says. Two M and S, which means makes no sense. Okay. Uh, Terry says LSU has essentially went to the Craigslist in search of a quarterback. I'm sure that'll work out well again. Here's the thing, hey, the, though. The fact that the kid graduated from Ohio State in three years. Here's the thing, He's though. Guy. If you look back, I was joking with a, a few of my buddies. I said, well, you can look at this as a positive because they've gotten moderate to good quarterback play from transfers alone in the past decade. They haven't actually recruited somebody and brought them in and had good quarterback play from them. They've had it from Zach Mettenberger mm-hmm. and Danny Hill. Yeah, it's always good when somebody else develops your quarterback. Exactly. And then you get to bring him in exactly. and take credit for That's it. That's what I'm saying. All right. And I do believe that 13 quarterbacks were drafted last year, and four of them were transferred. Mm. Well, that's Including a good Baker, set. Baker yes, that's true. A lot of people forget about that. And then Terry says maybe we should put a softball game next to the Belmont Stakes just so Jake would be interested. Good point. Yeah. Pay me to watch Belmont. I'll watch it. And today, 993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive on Sports Talk Magazine. Hit toward left field. This ball is going to be up, and it is off the wall, and the Bulldogs win it. A double. you got to love it. They're chasing Skelton down. All the way into left center field with a dog pound. Oh, my, you got to love that. Skelton drives in Wells with a winning run here in the bottom of the ninth inning. That's the way to wrap up the regular season. Bulldogs' first walk-off of this season. Of course, it completes a sweep of Old Dominion. They do it in dramatic fashion. Of course, that audio courtesy of Louisiana Sports Radio Network and the Hall of Famer, Dave Nitz. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Ben, how are you doing this morning, bud? Doing pretty good, guys. How y'all doing? Doesn't get any better than that, does it? With Nitz on the call and to do it in that fashion to kind of wrap up the regular season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Dave, he always has a good call. But, yeah, it was a uh, good rally for Tech uh, sun- or Saturday afternoon to earn that 3-2 win. Great way for Dalton Skelton to go out in his final home game. And, uh, you know, I know the RPI obviously dropped down to 58, but it, it kept the at-large chances alive. Uh, as they head into the conference tournament this week in Biloxi. All right, Ben, before we dive into their chances and, of course, what we're expecting at the conference tournament this week, overall, big picture, this team, what they've accomplished this year, uh, should some be surprised at the fact that they win 21 conference games and, of course, they put together this type of season considering the number of new faces and the spots they've had on this roster this year? Oh, without a doubt. You you look at winning 21 conference games, uh, most in program history, uh, winning 38 games in the regular season. Uh, I mean, going won 36 a year ago with a roster that, you know, everybody was expected some big things from. Uh, like you said, a lot of new faces. I think there were somewhere 20, 25 new faces. So uh, pick preseason seventh in conference USA, and they end up finishing in second place. Lane Burroughs did an outstanding job, you know, not only – uh, getting this group of guys to come together, but, you know, also managing them throughout the season. You know, we saw, you know, at various points the offense was up and down, but ultimately uh, with their backs up against the wall the last two weekends, uh, they won five out of their last, you know, six conference games and uh, put themselves in a pretty good position. Uh, so overall, I'd say uh, 2018, regardless how it ends up as a regional uh, far exceeded, you know, not only my expectations, but uh, 
probably many expectations around the country. All right, you mentioned, of course, the RPI, and we're, we mentioned it, the, the WarrenNolan.com, looking at it today. Despite that sweep, Louisiana Tech drops 10 spots. They come in at 58. You put it in that perspective compared to the likes of uh, the Cajuns. They sweep ULM. They jump up three spots. They're at 54. And, of course, LSU loses that series versus Auburn, but they still gain six spots, and they are at 44 overall. How much do you know about the RPI and how much this thing works, Ben? Well, when you look at the RPI, I think it was pretty obvious coming into this weekend that Tech was going to drop. I think that's why they couldn't they couldn't lose a game against Old Dominion when they were ranked around 250, 260 in the RPI. And so, you know, you drop those 10 spots, you know, LSU's playing in Auburn. Uh, you know, Lafayette was playing ULM, but, you know, Lafayette's played a pretty tough schedule throughout the year. And I think when you look at Tech's strength of schedule, it's somewhere around 130. So it's not... Uh, one of the top schedules in the country. So I think it was to be expected. I don't know if I expect them to drop 10 spots, but at the end of the day, all you can do is take care of your business, and uh, whatever happens with the RPI happens with the RPI. But I do think it holds a lot of weight uh, with Tech, you know, winning those 21 conference games, finishing second in the league, uh, ahead of FAU, which was rained out yesterday. But, you know, that's, that's kind of on them. They didn't get their games in, so Tech ends up getting second place in Conference USA, and I do think uh, that will carry a lot of weight with the committee. All right. You look at the committee, and you look at this resume for Louisiana Tech. Now with uh, 38 wins, you certainly think they have to win a few in uh, this postseason tournament. What will it take? They, you know, they got a decent shot if they make it all the way to the finals and ultimately lose? Here's my thoughts on the whole thing. I know we talked last week, and I said I thought five wins would get – you know, tech into a regional, and, you know, that looks, you know, that'll put you right there, but I think it might take six. When you look at, you know, the wins that Tech has, you know, the win early in the year against Texas a and is probably not as good of a win uh, as we thought it might be way back when. Uh, if they finished 11th in the SEC, which, you know, isn't a banner year. I know their RBI is 20, but anytime you finish 11th in the league, uh, there's something to be questioned a little bit about a team, but then you look at, you know, Tech finishes second place overall in Conference USA. They win a road series against Southern Miss. If you go to Biloxi this weekend and you or this week and pick up a win against FAU, you know, especially if it's Thursday after both teams win, I think that you know that puts you in the driver's seat to be ahead of FAU, uh, considering you won at Southern Miss, which FAU lost the home series to Southern Miss, and then you beat FAU head to head. I think uh, that might be enough to get Tech in just. That'd give you that bona fide number two team in Conference USA that, you know, with how things have played out on the field. So I think best case scenario for Tech is to go to Biloxi, get at least two wins, uh, with one of those wins being over Florida Atlantic, which will put you uh, kind of head and shoulders above those guys. That, that's really how I see uh, Tech's easiest, easiest path to get in other than, you know, winning the whole thing. Well, the path starts, what, Wednesday at 1230, and you're up against a Rice squad, and if the Owls were ever motivated, this would probably be the time that they would be, considering that the legendary coach Graham, Wayne Graham, will be out after this year. Uh, do they have a little magic left? I mean, you would think Rice would certainly want to go out in style for their coach. Yeah, I don't love this matchup. When you look at Rice, they're arguably as talented as, you know, maybe anybody in the league. And, and Tech's going to see their number one on Wednesday afternoon, Matt Cantorino. I know Tech got him for six runs and four innings in Ruston back in March. But he, he's going to bounce back. He's one of the better arms in the country. Fastball slider guy. Uh, 
Ford Proctor at shortstop for Rice in his preseason conference player of the year, I believe. So there's talent up and down that roster. And then on top of it, like you mentioned, uh, this is it for Wayne Graham. If they don't win this tournament, uh, their, their season's over. It. I think they're 24 and 29 overall. So they haven't had the best year, but they are extremely talented. And a year ago, they were the number six seed and won the tournament to make it to another regional. So it's a tough matchup on Wednesday, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, Tech's got a little bit of pressure on them. You know, facing you know still some must win scenarios, but uh, they've been up for the past up for the past the past couple of weekends, and uh, hopefully they can do the same Wednesday afternoon. Obviously, we look forward to catching up with Lane Burroughs uh, later today before they hop on the bus to go south. And of course, he will join us tomorrow on the show at eight thirty. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Ben, a couple news and notes and nuggets from the dogs. Uh, the fact that David Leal was named the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. You being a former pitcher, and we've talked about it extensively, uh, Leal may not have the most dominating stuff of all time, but, man, he just continues to go out there and get it done. Yeah, he's a strike-throwing machine. I think he's walked nine guys in 85 innings. Uh, that's a good recipe for success. Uh, you know, like you said, he's not the most overpowering guy in the world with the fastball, probably 83, 85, but uh, he can command all three pitches and he can throw them for strikes whenever he needs to, and uh, that can lead you to a lot of success. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that Coach Burroughs chooses to go with on Wednesday. I, I'd expect it to be him or Logan Bailey. Uh, Bailey's probably been the best starter all year, as he was in the fall. I think it's between those two guys. So it'll be interesting to see who they go with, but a well-deserved honor for Leal, a guy that really came out of nowhere after you know earning that midweek spot. He didn't put up uh, Gaudy junior junior college numbers by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he certainly had a great season. And uh, you know he's a guy that you know we talked a couple weeks ago he could be a guy that makes All American, but he's not an All Conference guy. But I think he's shown the past couple of weekends how good he really is. And it would only be fitting if he gets to start in a midweek game because we've been talking about him extensively on <laughs> yeah. Tuesdays and Wednesdays throughout the season. Yeah, that's really where he's made his money. And, uh, and I bet if you give him the ball on Wednesday afternoon, he'll do a lot of what he's done throughout the year. He, he's just so good. He's so calm out there. Nothing really seems to affect him too much. And when you don't want guys and you make teams put together two or three hits in the inning to score, uh, things become extremely difficult. Ben, we've talked a lot about former West Monroe standout Taylor Young, the freshman, making an impact. Same can be said for uh, Steele Netterville. Boy, has that kid emerged. What has he meant to this lineup in the last month? No, I, I don't think it can be explained what both he and Young have meant to the lineup. How often uh, do you see you know Young hitting leadoff, Netterville hitting that fourth or fifth spot, that two freshmen are playing such a key role on a roster that's you know, 38-18 and 121 conference games. Uh, Netterville hit two more home runs this weekend. I think he's hitting 333. I think 15 of his 31 hits on the year have gone for extra bases. Uh, he, he and Young both deserve to be, you know, freshman all-conference guys. Young might be a freshman all-American type uh, when you look at the on-base type numbers he's put up. But yeah, I've been uh, extremely impressed with what Netterville's done. He had a big fall for Texas. He had 12 home runs in the fall, so he clearly has some power, and uh, he's just going to continue to blossom uh, the older he gets. Ben, I know you're keeping close tabs on baseball. There was also some basketball news last week. Of course, Lady Texas getting a transfer from Texas Tech. And, of course, the Diamond Dogs getting a high-scoring guard from McNeese. What do you make of that news? Yeah, you look at Caleb Ledoux transferring in from McNeese. Uh, I think, you know, he'll obviously sit out a year before having two years of eligibility remaining. But, 
he'll kind of fill Derek Jean's role the following year in 2019-2020. He's a guy, you know, he's a volume shooter. He likes to shoot the basketball, but uh, we'll we'll see what he becomes. He's a 6'3 guard. I think he played at Lafayette Christian. uh, McNeese's leading scorer for his first two years down there. So hopefully he can come in and, you know, maybe play that Jalen Harris type role, a guy that really, you know, shoots the ball. Uh, he's that scoring type guard that, you know, Tech lacked at times, a guy that can really create his own shot off the dribble. Uh, you know, I think that uh, that's a type of player that Tech really needs uh, when you look at that roster. So I think he'll be a good addition. Uh, hopefully he can fit in well, uh, you know, with the rest of the roster. Uh, from the number of tweets, you can certainly see the Louisiana Tech football coaches out on the road and hitting the recruiting trail. Uh, from what you're hearing, how, how's the recruiting going for the Dogs? Oh, I think it's going extremely well. I think we looked at it last week at BleedTechBlue.com. There's over 75 offers that are out uh, for the 2019 class. I think there's another 25 or 30 that are out already for the 2020 class. So uh, Coach Holtz and his staff are uh, extremely hard, hard at work. Uh, it's going to be a class that will be a near-capacity class, around 24, 25 guys. I expect it to be really focused you know, on the offensive and defensive line uh, in particular, maybe uh, near half the class uh, on those side, you know, in the trenches. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Coach Holtz and his staff are certainly hitting the recruiting trail hard uh, each and every week. Uh, one final question, Ben. I heard uh, Nick Brown talking about this on Saturday. The potential maybe down the road of having, like, a play-in game for college baseball to get in a regional. Do you think that would be a good idea for the sport? Uh, I saw he tweeted that out the other day. It's an interesting concept to think about. I, I don't think it would be a bad idea. You know, obviously – uh, you know, you'd end up testing your pitching uh, if you had to end up playing those play-in games. But, you know, that's, that's part of it. You, you'd rather be in a regional than, you know, not have the opportunity to play in that play-in game. So I think it's something to think about, uh, you know, certainly down the road, something that certainly could be discussed. I think if there was a play-in game, Tech would have much better odds uh, getting in a regional this year for sure. Ben, we certainly want to get more information. We want to hear more from you. Where can they find you on Bleed Tech Blue? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Bleed Tech Blue, or you can join us at BleedTechBlue.com. Thank you, bud. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Ben Carlock from Bleed Tech Blue. Playing game would be a little different, college baseball. Yeah, and I... How it, would that work? I mean, you turn right around and have to go play a regional? Yeah, it's like Ben said, it would cause you to... I mean, a team like Tech could probably do that with all the arms that they have. You know, that would benefit them more than, than others. Um but that also reminded me that they were talking about maybe expanding the field with college basketball. Uh, and yeah, the ACC had made a proposal. They wanted to boost it up to literally uh, 70 teams. Yeah. And if you did the math, I think right now it's at 19% of the teams get into the NCAA tournament. It only increased it to like 20%. So it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah, but when do we stop? Yeah. We keep just adding and adding and adding. Well, then that 71st team is going to get screwed. They're not going to get in the tournament. <laughs> That's right. Quinn also says, because uh, I'm glad he asked this because I wanted to talk about this. He said, thoughts on Carl, Carl Anthony Towns being dissatisfied with the direction the T-Wolves are going in. Do they trade him or keep him in the purgatory that is Minnesota? I think it's silly to think that they would actually trade Carl Anthony Towns because this is the NBA, and he is the future of that franchise. He's the, he's currently He currently is that franchise. People may argue for Jimmy Butler, but I think Towns is. So I think – you know, people who are looking at this and thinking they're actually going to trade him, I completely disagree just because it's a superstar-driven league. I think they would get rid of Jimmy Butler or uh, Thibodeau before they actually 
traded away their most valuable asset in Carl Anthony Towns. One final uh, note, another question here. Tech was ranked pretty high in home attendance earlier this year. How did those numbers look at the end of the season? I know this weekend, uh, they had another 13, 1,400 there per game. So pretty good. Yeah, very good. We'll have to look at the overall attendance numbers throughout the country, but uh, Tech did very well this year. The crowds and the fans certainly came, up to, came out to watch this team. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, more on the morning drive. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Before we get into some LSU football news and notes, so what day was it that last week that I was kind of patting myself on the back? I was all bragging that I actually fixed something that rarely, rarely ever happens. And it, you know, I, yeah. yeah, it was a good day. I felt bad. I felt really good. It was a huge milestone. So guess what happens this weekend? What happens? Uh, lawnmower doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And then I get a flat tire. So, I mean, I just, that's what I get for. But you changed your. Well, that was a little questionable. So, uh, wife's sleeping right now. She's on summer vacation. I can tell this story. Okay. I want to know how you would have handled this situation. All right. And the listeners out there at 888-993-7762. So, we were going to a little uh, gathering on Saturday. So, she had to make this little recipe. And she needed some, uh, she didn't buy enough crescent rolls. Okay. So, she sends me the story. Says, come back with uh, two to four crescent rolls, the little tube things. So I said, all right. I go to the grocery store, head on back, needed flaky version. I said, okay. So I get home, hand them to her, and she says, those are biscuits. Those are not crescent rolls. Go back, get your monies back, and then buy the, the crescent rolls that I need. You go back, or you just say, make do with it. You're the stereotypical husband that the wife sends to the store, and they can't get it right. <laughs> yes. What do you do in that situation? Uh, you have to go back, man. All right. Do you go back to the same store, or do you just say, hey, we're going to keep these biscuits. We'll eat them eventually. Stick them in the freezer. I'm going to a different store. No, I'll get your money back. You're a liar. <laughs> Jake Martin, a liar. Uh, get your money back, man. All right. So, with my head between my heels, I stroll back into the grocery store. I get my money back. I buy the darn crescent rolls. I'm on the way home, and guess what? Get a flat tire. Okay. So this then, is your wife's fault then. Well, I'm that's, I think that's, that's you what you're, I that think that's what what you're trying saying. to say. <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to say. So, uh, but the good news is literally goes flat as I'm pulling in to the driveway. Mm. So I walk in, I said, "Here are your crescent rolls." I said it just like that nicely. They're sure flaky crescent rolls. Got two of them. And by the way, I have a flat tire too. Is that my fault? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm sure you said it very nice. To where she wouldn't immediately jump to the conclusion that you were blaming her. Oh, they were fantastic crescent rolls. I think the biscuits would have probably uh, done as well, too. But I'm just saying. Jason says, never get your money back. Who? We, you could always use biscuits, right? I was like, we could add sausage I and biscuits. I thought you were on, on like some kind of diet. I am, but it was a weekend. Okay. Well, you could freeze them, right? <laughs> if it's not there, you don't have the temptation. That's what I always go with. I did send Jake a picture of me trying to fix the flat, <laughs> and I thought it was a great picture. Then Jake goes inside the picture, you know, he starts breaking it down, and he sees the owner's manual sitting yeah. right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe take the book out of the picture next time. Maybe I'll have more respect for you. <laughs> oh, well. There's no way Jake takes it back and gets his money back. Yeah. You would have went somewhere else. Probably. Or you would have said, you go get it. Or she volunteered and said, I'll go back to the store. And I said, well, that ain't going to work out well. Yeah. Yeah. You knew better. (laughs) You knew better. All right. So uh, on to some sports topics. 
So I was, we were having this conversation during the break. Yeah. Uh, you know, Billy Cannon passed away yesterday, and in my mind, he's the one guy that everyone, I think, can agree is on LSU football's Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. When you're making LSU football's Mount Rushmore, if you don't have Billy Cannon, y- your Mount Rushmore is invalid. Well, he led the Tigers in his junior year to uh, the national championship in 58. Then he won the Heisman as a senior in 59. So just those credentials alone. The puts only Heisman yeah. Trophy winner with the school. So that alone, I mean, come on. That said, when you start to think about who those other players would be on that Mount Rushmore, it gets a little dicey. Mm. You can you go several different routes because – so you're asking, who do you put on the Mount Rushmore? Yeah, let Billy us Cannon. know, 888-993-7762. Do you put Billy Cannon – I'll ask a rhetorical question. Do you put Billy Cannon on the Mount yeah. Rushmore? And uh, Rhetorical, who, and then I answered it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and who do you put alongside Billy Cannon yeah. on the Mount Rushmore? So you did some brainstorming during the commercial break. Well, I just thought about it. So I'm sure a lot of people won't agree with my list, but – I think you have to have Tommy Casanova on there. Right. I would have Casanova on there. And then I think Kevin Falk deserves to be on there because you think about the records. Was he on a great was he on great teams? No. Uh but but you think about the records that he broke at LSU. Um and for that I I think I have to put him on there. And then my fourth name is probably the most controversial. Tyron got kicked off the team. Tyron Matthew. Here's what I'm thinking. You have to have someone from that 2011 team because, in my eyes, I know they didn't win a championship, and in my eyes, that's still the best team they've ever had, hmm. hands down. And Matthew was the best player I ever saw live. Right. And I've seen a lot of great players. But Matthew, to be 5'9 and make the plays that he made, hands down, the best player I ever saw. Right. You know, just the strips, the – punt returns, the you, you name it. I mean, the tackling, the interceptions, his instinctive plays, and he proved that in the NFL. I know he's had some injury injuries along the but way. But on the flip side, I understand what a dynamic and versatile player he was, but you're talking about a player, and we, it's incredible how he's turned his career and his life around. But are you just going to look past the point that he literally got kicked off the team when he was it at LSU? It didn't end well, but he had – he still led the That's who you want to have on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, he still had he still led the school in forced fumbles and he only played two seasons. If he I've always said this, if he would have played his junior year and had just half the production of what he had his sophomore year, right. he would have went down as the best player in school history. Mm-hmm. I really feel that way. But it didn't it didn't work out that way. I still think he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore cuz like I said, you have to have somebody from that era. From from that team, because I still say, you look at the teams that that 2011 team beat, including the national champion in Alabama, which they eventually lost to. That said, you look at the, the teams that they beat, that's one of the greatest regular seasons in college football history. You can compare that season to, to any college football season, and I think it matches up. So I'm just saying. I, I, who else would be in the running, though? Because you look through the Who news, else would be Wyatt in the running? Tittle, I guess. Uh, Wyatt Tittle, Glenn Dorsey. Glenn Dorsey. Yeah. You look at what Glenn Dorsey. Fanica. Fanica is a good one. Uh, LaRon Landry. Mm. Charles Alexander. Charles Alexander. Uh, you know, those are just a few. 
I guess Jerry Stovall. Heck, they Jerry Stovall. His number. Yes, Jerry Stovall. Just saying. Just curious to, because I was I was thinking about that. But would Leonard Fournette, the guy that couldn't play in the bowl <laughs> game or even show up, would he get can, be an honorable mention? Uh, yeah, sure. And, and uh, Whitworth, put Whitworth on there, just as Joe from Rustin just said. And he he also mentioned Glenn Dorsey, but um. I, that was just something I thought about because I think the whole purpose of that was I think we can we can have several arguments and, and debates on who needs to be on that list, but I think we could all agree that Billy Cannon is mm. is on that list. Mm. And then of course you get a some smart people out there like Richie and Ben saying Jordan Jefferson, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, Danny Hitling. Hogan says uh, top 10 Thursday should be the 10 greatest players ever to come out of LSU. All sports. Cannon would definitely be on the Mount Rush. All sports. Man, you're talking about a headache. Talking about a headache. Would Shaq be? Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, you didn't let me Pete, finish. Yes. Would, he be, would Shaq be top two? Uh, Pistol Pete's got to be up there. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. I got another uh, question for you. I know we're about to go to break. I want to. I want to. I'll just ask this, and we'll get into this debate next. Is what Vegas did? I know none of us, or a lot of us, aren't. Big what time did they do? Hockey. What did the Golden Knights do? <laughs> they made it to the oh, Stanley Cup Finals. All right. Is what is that accomplishment the greatest sports achievement? In our lifetime. I'm asking this because people are trying to proclaim it as such. I've seen arguments for that. I've been shaking my head, but I just want to ask, is it, first of all, and second of all, what is the greatest sports moment of your lifetime? Mm. We can get into that next. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive returns after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. 
Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesa. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, biked, paddled, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer. From the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountain Blue to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Few headlines you might have missed this uh, weekend. It looks like uh, Nashville is the leading candidate right now to land the NFL draft for next season. How about JJ Watt? What he continues to do down in Houston? Uh, He will pay for the uh, funerals of the Santa Fe victims. Well done. Awesome. He stepped up to the plate. I mean, can't say enough about that guy. A uh, storyline that a lot of us certainly overlooked, but uh, ESPN is certainly jumping on board. The fact that Las Vegas, with a bunch of uh, rejects that nobody else wanted, they are in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's crazy. It really is crazy. Let's stop and pause. That is a crazy achievement, a franchise team to reach the Stanley Cup Final. We're not big into hockey, you and I, but I think we can both say that's an awesome achievement. So you were talking about great achievements in sports, perhaps in our lifetime or maybe overall. Uh, go back to, you know, Roger Bannister. I mean, this was, what, 60 years ago, breaking the four-minute mile. Yeah, of your lifetime, right? Oh, by the way, speaking of that, the best thing I saw this weekend. Okay. Uh, E60, uh, Jock, I think his name, Jock Collinsworth. Sounds just like his dad, Chris Collinsworth. I'm sure he paid his dues going through the broadcasting ranks. But he had a story on it was a, a match race kind of between a 100-year-old man and a 93-year-old man. Very well done. Fantastic. Showed them training for uh, their big race. Hmm. Good stuff. You get a chance to watch it Watch it on uh, E60. Gotcha. You're not impressed. I'm not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad you, you told that story. So greatest achievements in our lifetime. Yes. Um, greatest sports moment, greatest sports achievement. For me, I... In my lifetime, it's not as much material as yours, but um, I think I have to go with a couple things. Like I think I can think of five things since 2000 that are bigger than what just took place. I start with the uh, the Red Sox in 04, mm-hmm. and I think you know that might be the the greatest moment, greatest achievement I think I've seen. Being down 3-0. We never saw a team come back from 3-0, and they did against the Yankees, of all people. Come on. That's that's pretty dang special. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they break the uh, – they, they end the drought. Um, another one, you could you could put the Cubs 2016 with that as well. And I'm sure Tabor is going, yeah, you're right. Cubs mm-hmm. 16 for sure is, is way better than what we just saw. I think that's got to be number one. You think Cubs 16 is number one? Yeah. I put Sox just because of, like I said – what took place with the Yankees to get there, you know, being down 3-0. I mean, that's, come on, against your bitter rival. A rivalry that we can argue is the greatest rivalry in sports, and yet they overcame that to end the drought. Come on, that's that's pretty special. Um, here's one, and this might be a little bit of bias in here, but I think it's, I think it's true. What took place in the Superdome post-Katrina? 
You know what I'm saying? That one game, I know it wasn't a championship or anything, but that one game against Atlanta, that's a pretty dang special sports moment that I think the whole nation were Saints fans that night, right? And it was just awesome to see. I think that you could you could argue that that was better than, than what Vegas just did. A couple more. You know I you know I love the Rose Bowl 05. Yeah. You and I both consider that to be the best game we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. For that for all the circumstances surrounding that, I think I put that above it. And I'll say this. You will disagree with this one. Cavs being down 3-1 coming back and winning against the Warriors. I think that's even even bigger than what Vegas just did. Mm. But I'm not a hockey fan. So I I can't I, I guess I can't really do it justice if there's a hockey fan out there and i know there are because some people get honest about not talking about the nhl playoffs why don't you call in if the celtics or the Cavs are down 3-0 versus the warriors this year that will be the best and come back and of course win the nba oh yeah there's no question and then you get you're gonna get me on another exhausted topic where if that happens with the Cavs and they end up beating the warriors then you get into a whole another debate with L- LeBron and MJ. Yeah, but that's for another day. Uh, so biggest moments, biggest achievements uh, during my lifetime. Certainly, uh, I think Tiger Slam. You know, when he held yeah. all four during that time, certainly needs to be up there. And then I think whenever you get into conversations like this, a lot of it just goes back to the Olympics and some of the uh, unbelievable things we've witnessed in the last uh, twenty, thirty years. I mean, how much credit? How much you get? I think Phelps that one year in the Olympics, uh, his eight gold medals. I think seven of those were world records that yeah. he set, or of course his relay set. But you get it once every four years. What Carl Lewis did, Michael Johnson. I mean, you go Edwin Moses. You go back even farther. I'm glad you said Tiger Woods because I was thinking, whenever I kept seeing this debate, I, I really was racking my brain yesterday thinking about what is the greatest sports moment uh. I've seen. And I thought if Tiger Woods actually does come back and wins, let's say, the Masters, yeah. and he wins the Masters, would that not be the greatest sports moment? Because I feel like it's something that people have longed for mm-hmm. year after year after year. It would be the greatest comeback, no okay. doubt. But I also think it would constitute as the greatest sports moment. Yeah. Dwayne does point out, we should have pointed this out, too, the miracle on ice. Well, that wasn't my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you're talking about overall, that goes straight to the top. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another text here from Clint wants to know, what about Burt Jones on the Mount Rushmore? Yeah, you know what? My dad's probably upset with me because that's his favorite player ever. Burt Jones, for sure. Yeah. 888-993-7762. John, who do we have on the uh, Stuart Shelby hotline? Oh, I got it here. Marcel, what's on your mind, Marcel? Good morning, guys. I hope y'all are having a great Monday. Uh, really like your topic this morning. And w- one thing that I wanted to say, of course, Jake, this is probably before your last time, too, but you just mentioned what a Tiger came back and won another. That scenario actually did happen, and to me, it was one of the greatest. That was when Nicholas won yeah. uh, the Masters at the age of 46 years old, yeah. um, to give him his final major championship for that. A couple of more that came to mind, of course, uh, American Pharaoh went into the Triple Crown. Uh, that doesn't compare to what Secretariat did in my time. 
uh, with and Marcel, that. the the fact that Secretariat did it in the, such convincing fashion, and now what still owns what I think two of those track records after everything and the technology and of course the steroids and the drugs with these horses and still holds those records. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I remember as I was a young man watching Secretariat. I mean, he he was crossing the line when other horses were coming around the curve. I mean, it was just amazing how he dominated. And it wasn't as if the other horses were that bad. He was setting all-time records with that. Uh, American Pharaoh's accomplishments certainly impressive, but nothing compared to Secretariat. Uh, also a sport that I don't really follow, but you got to give the man props, especially if you're talking about Olympics, and that's Phelps in swimming. Yeah. I mean, the records that, that he, he has set. Uh, but, but the best of all time, in my eyes, Nothing better. Ali Frazier, Brutal in Manila, uh, the, the trilogy of, of their fights uh, back when boxing was that. That was the, the crown jewel of boxing at the time. Um, Good call, Marcel. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and that was another thing, too, is if you're getting into, if you want to include boxing. Yeah. Um, Why wouldn't you, man? Buster, Buster Douglas, uh, you know. Man, that, would, that would be on my top. Absolutely. Right yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Um, and also a Final Four game or two. I mean, you know, Valvano. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, State, yeah. Well, shot. We talked so much about it. We've broken all that down. Uh, yeah, that th- those could be those could be mentioned as well. Um, it's interesting. I just think, you know, we're so quick to rush and call something the greatest, and I'm just like, it's a great story, you know, franchise team. But isn't it, it such a great story that now you'll watch the Stanley Cup Finals? I don't think no. I – well, I pause as I'm going through. And is it no. on network television? And, you know, take like, – I'm not a horse racing guy, but I at least wanted to see if Justified took the next step in getting a triple crown. And because I was pestering you throughout that, the lead into it. That helped. A major disappointment, though, for the Kentucky Derby. They do this huge pre-race show, and it's outstanding. I'm all in. Uh-huh. And then they cut back. And literally, I think it started at 4 o'clock uh, on Saturday. And have all the bells and whistles. Aaron, you, you're probably the only person who tunes in for five hours or however long <laughs> it is. I don't know. <laughs> 7 oh, o'clock hour in the books. You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Hey, uh, my dad actually just texted me. He said, uh, Burt Jones, Dalton Hilliard, talking about LSU's uh, Mount Rushmore. He also said Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would be your dad. Now, now I see where you get it from. <laughs> Joe Burrow's right there. That's right. Uh, Delario says, Bluegrass Miracle. Still remember it like it was yesterday. The feeling of defeat and victory in a matter of seconds. Yeah, that was a big win against Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> digging that knife in. No, that was pretty awesome. Even if, you know, I know it was against Kentucky, but still. <laughs> he, you're right. To feel that extreme uh, depression of, boy, just lost to Kentucky yeah. to, oh, wow, this just happened. Kick six is pretty darn. Kick six is up there for me, man. You yeah. know that is. Yeah. That's the greatest ending to a game I've ever seen. No doubt. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle to help prepare you for the future? 
All Honda-certified pre-owned vehicles are thoroughly inspected by a Honda-trained technician and backed by an outstanding Honda Limited warranty for up to seven years or 100,000 miles from the original in-service date. You could say we pre-screen each one, you know, as a precaution. Visit hondacertified.com and search for local inventory. See your Honda dealer for limited warranty details. I'm not going very far. It's... Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.